0: Every team, every topic,
1: everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games to conference championships, right through to the final four in championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today, use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Welcome to Believe in Celtics, brought to you by Ben Online. I'm your host, Warren Shaw. He is the great Gary, Wash- Gary Washburn, and we're your host and resource for everything Celtics this season. Gary, it's been a minute. Haven't talked to you since the All-Star break, my brother. How you been? What's been going on?
0: Everything's good. Everything's good. We're getting close to the finish line of the NBA in terms of the regular season, and now, uh, I don't know how big college basketball fan you are, but man, uh, it's getting warming up. Thursday's the first day of games, a couple games tonight. The, First four, if you're really into that, uh, yep. you know, seeing the 16 seeds go at it. You know, <laughs> you know the teams have barely made it, but a uh, great time in, in sports right now. So it should be really fun. And so, yeah, really good time as we kind of dive into uh, the playoffs coming up in about four weeks.
1: Yeah, it's a really, really amazing, right? We're just about a month away here from the, from the playoffs and a lot um, to kind of discuss here with this Boston Celtics team. As uh, you know, they've stumbled a little bit here down the, you know, since the All-Star break and so forth. But we'll get into that at the crux. Um, As always, you know, we got to do our plugs. So um, make sure you give us a five-star rating on whatever your podcast platform is. Uh, Make sure you follow us on Twitter at G Globe for for Gary or at Shaw Sports NBA for me. Make sure you're following Believe at Believe Network or Believe Sports. Now, we want to kind of just jump right in because, again, it's been a minute. So we got got a lot to get into. Um, News of the week in some ways for Boston is Damon Stoudemire. Um, it, well, it has already left the team I gets it done. Like I usually these types of things, I think like, Hey, at the end of the season, <laughs> you know, you'll transition on, uh, but Damon Sodermeyer Damon accept a, uh, a head coaching job at Georgia tech. And I believe it's already like a four or five year deal already. So, you know, amazing situation for him. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Um, Cause I have some, some questions and theories that, that I want to get into, but what's your sense of the situation with Sodermeyer and in some ways, kind of the abrupt you know, um, departure to go to that job immediately.
0: Yeah, Warren. um, The thing about it is that Damon, great guy. I mean, great guy, good experience with him over the last couple of years. Um, You know, a lot of the, the, some of these guys, you know, we look at these guys and and, um, their assistants, but some of these guys want to be head coaches, right? Uh, Walter McCarty was the same way. And Walter McCarty wanted to coach in college. He was fine with that. Um, some NBA assistants want to stay in the NBA, want to be NBA head coach. Damon, after coaching at UOP, University of Pacific, and Stockton for, for five years and kind of uplifting the program to where they were respectable, obviously he got a chance to coach with his friend Ime in with the Celtics and back in the NBA. You know, obviously a guy who played 12, 13 years in the league, was uh, rookie of the year a guy who was a quality quality point guard <laughs> and you know people don't know about nabin starmire look at his uh, youtube tapes or whatever during his his years he was a he was a little dude who, you yeah, know could they, really. call, they yeah. called him mighty mouse for a reason cuz he was a small guy but man he could get to where he wanted to get to on the floor but i think he always kind of had his eyes on you know, if the opportunity came up to to coach in college again and obviously, I think one, he was looking at jobs. We, me and him talked college hoops all the time. So he was very up to date on college. And a lot, so a lot of these coaches, you know, they have to do two things, you know, they have to coach in the position they're in, but also figure out, okay, what's next for me, right? Um, do I want to go back to college? And a lot of, you know, uh, as we know, Warren, a lot of guys with NBA experience um, who, who are used to coaching men who have been to the league are very popular now to coach college ball. Look at Jerry Stackhouse at Vanderbilt. Like there are, you know, there's a recipe now where these your coaching players. And I mean, the, the players have changed Warren, as we know, uh, the days of Grant Hill and guys going to four years, these guys want to go to the league, <laughs> yeah. you know, they want to get recruited when they're 16, 17. They want to be told, this is what I'm going to do for you to get you to, to the league in two to three years. And they look at Damon as a guy who has been in the league, played in the league, coached in the league, and can do that. And Georgia Tech, I think, is a good situation. And I don't think he would have taken any job. This is a situation is, I mean, you you follow college sports. Georgia Tech's kind of a sleeping giant. Like, I can't figure out why Georgia Tech isn't good in basketball and in football. They're in Atlanta. Like you, yeah. You've been to Atlanta. I've been to Atlanta. I've stayed near Georgia Tech. Like I've been on the campus, like you're looking and you're like, okay, how come you can't get ball players here? Right. Like this, it's in the heart of the city in terms of just, you know, right there. It's not 30 miles outside of downtown. It's (laughs) Georgia Tech is there. Nice facilities. I've been on the campus, as I said, the Celtics have practiced there during the years when they played like Atlanta in the playoffs and they had practice sessions at Georgia Tech. So I think. For him, this was the perfect situation. The ACC, big time college ball, power five. This is not, you know, uh, a small school or this is not a situation where you're, you're kind of questioning five year contracts. So now he's got plenty of time to turn that thing around, start recruiting guys and, and getting figuring out how to uplift the program. So I think that it took the perfect situation for him to. Now, of course, I do think that Dame wants to be an NBA head coach. I mm. think that's ahead of him in his future. Um, he could have continued to be. Now, let's be honest, Warren. If the Celtics had given him the head coaching job over Joe Mazzulla, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? Um, he would he would be coaching the Celtics. But the fact that he, he's an assistant and that he's got to look out for himself, and as as we all do in many cases. Um, his own best interest a 5 year long term contract a chance to co- coach a big time program resurrect and be responsible And Georgia Tech is serious about winning you know they've been down for a while they've had a couple years here and there and you know the Chris Bosch years and uh, Amon Schrumpf and guys and you know most recently our friend Jose Alvarado who uh, played at Georgia Tech I think went to a tournament but that's it's been a program that's been down down pretty much since Kenny Anderson and Dennis so,
1: Scott, no. Well, well, and let me interrupt you, for, you know, really quickly, only in the aspect because you touched on something that I think is so, you know, poignant. So again, you laid out all the great reasons to go, right? These are amazing reasons to go. I think the, the, but the question I think a lot of Celtics, are like, why right now? Like, why couldn't wait until the end of the season per se, you know, and finish out the job here with the Celtics team still has a chance at an NBA championship. I know it, it's looked a little rough I lately, win. but
0: <laughs> I agree, I agree Warren, but one, you got the transfer portal. Like mm. the season's over and you've got, I mean, can the question is, can Damon be a full-time assistant coach and then also recruit going to houses, try to get the the hottest, you know, guys in the transfer portal because as you know, one it's a full-time like mean, this is like free agency now. Like, like yeah, this man. this whole thing has changed, man, like from even from 5 years ago. I mean, but every player who didn't play as much as he wanted to is hitting the portal. Uh, one day, I read Jeff Goodman's tweet, 173 guys entered the transfer portal in one day. Wow. Right. when Whenever their team was either eliminated from the conference tournament, didn't make the NCAAs or whatever, 173 players. So if you're Stoudemire, I'm sure he probably wanted to stay. But one, you're talking about three more months if if they make a long run, right? The NBA finals and he's got to recruit, go into houses, introduce himself to a team. Like, I just think that's a lot. And okay. I, I think, you know, and as much as you're saying, I'm sure, oh, you know, fulfill your commitment, man. You were supposed to be here. And I get it. I think he was split, but I also think he understands the game here. And like, I think April's a big signing day where you know you can start, and then there's some there could be some unsigned seniors. There's gonna be you know, and, and the thing about Warren, like, Warren, what about the guys who committed to Georgia Tech and then had the had Pastner, the previous coach, fired? Right. So Damon's got to re-recruit those he gotta guys. Yeah, yeah. triage, right? yeah, yeah. He got to go to the host houses or make those phone calls and say, hey, we want you here, you know, or, hey, you know, you might want to look somewhere else. Like, he's got to look at game tape, figure out who they recruited, who is committed, who is signed, um, who's transferring in. Who's transferring out? Like, I think there's so much. And I, I understand if I'm the Celtics, they're in not a great position for this. But also, you know, can you add another assistant coach in the middle right now? Can you add a, a guy who can help? Can you bring up someone? Can you find someone who can maybe help you? I think that's a that would be a great idea for Missoula because as we'll talk about soon, the team isn't in a good place right now. So it's yeah. really not a good time. If the team had won 15 straight and was cruising to the number one seed, I think everybody would feel better about Meyer leaving. But the fact is they're struggling. And it's like, well, damn, you're pulling away. The only guy on the staff, Aaron Miles, does have NBA experience, but, you know, like with extensive NBA experience, he, he, that guy is gone. So if I'm Missoula, I might be looking for a guy – who could help out someone in the organization or someone who can say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll join you guys for a couple of months to give my point of view or some, some uh, authority on things uh, as opposed to going now with your kind of a skeleton staff, Mm -hmm. losing Hardy, you know, and and to me, you know, who's your top assistant now? Ben Sullivan, I I believe. So it does not put the Celtics Warren in a great position, but I do understand Stoudemire, feeling like I got to go all in on this five-year contract. And, you know, and and who knows, honestly, Warren, what's what was Stoudemire's contract through this season? Was he committed? Was he signed long-term with the Celtics? Or was he going to have to have a renew of a contract this summer when the season ended? You know, was that, so he's saying here five years, renegotiation, now if the Celtics said, hey, we're going to offer you a five-year extension to be an assistant, I don't know how attractive that is because he wants to be a head coach. So tough position uh, for both sides there, Warren.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, def, I definitely, again, as you laid it out, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the, the college game is tough. And for him, especially as you alluded to, they're committing five years to you. So you got to feel like, hey, I got to go in and commit immediately and get this show on the road. Exactly, for all the great reasons. Again, you know, Power Five Conference, there's a lot of talent. Again, the triaging of, 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 of current players now who might be upset that their coach is no longer there. All those things make a lot of sense. Um, two quick points, you know, I want to kind of touch in on this too, and then we'll kind of close the book on Damon Stottermeyer here. Um, do you did you get any sense or angst or so to speak that in essence that he felt like he might have got passed up? And as you alluded to, he wants to be a head coach, but you know, was there anything on the sidelines with him, Mazzullo? Is there anything to the recent slide that maybe even said, you know what, <laughs> maybe it's now a good time to kind of get out of here as well too? Anything in that lane? And then I want to ask you one quick follow up after that.
0: No, I think he believes in the players. I don't think it, the, the recent slide or the recent uh, you know struggles led to this. Um, the question is what went into the decision-making to give Missoula the job as opposed to Stoudemire. Mm -hmm. And because Stoudemire had been a division one head coach had played in the league, you know, guys know who he was, 95 rookie of the year, mighty mouse, great career at Arizona. I mean, to let Arizona to the final four in 94, Um, you know, a a guy who's very accomplished now was, is it, was because Missoula had been there longer was it because he was closer to Brad was, um, Stoudemire's t- ties with Ime Udoka did that hurt him in terms of getting a head coaching job? Like, you know, in, in this situation, do you name someone who's very close to Udoka as the as the head coach? Uh, when you know, basically you've suspended him, Udoka, for some off the court things, do you give him the job? Like, you know, so maybe Stoudemire got caught into guilty by association or just that association with Ime that Mike, and, and I, I never got from him, hey, man, like, this is a BS. I should have been head coach. No, never got that. He was grateful. He was he was happy to be around the guys. I mean, the day that they announced the suspension, Damon was working with the guys. He was at the practice facility. You know, he didn't take a week off. He didn't, him, Aaron Miles, the guys who uh, were close to E-may, um, kept working. Kept it moving, and and I think he understood um, the situation, and, and he's remained close to Ime. um They talk, you know. So I, I just think the situation for him, the fact I don't know if he expected Georgia Tech to come after him. Gotcha. Because gotcha. I do know uh, another Power Five school that inquired about him. Um. Um two months ago. And he said, no. So obviously it just wasn't like, Hey, I just want to get the hell out of here. I do know for a fact before they before the job was because the job is now open. Hmm. Uh, the coach has been fired. Um, but before, when it was pretty obvious that coach was going to be fired about two months ago, uh, he got a call from someone at that school asking his interest and he was like, eh, nah no, I'm, I'm okay. So I think Georgia tech brings on a special situation.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. So before we go to, go to break, um, you touched on something that, uh, you know, that will probably lead into our next conversation. So is Missoula in a, in a position now, like you said, kind of thin with, with the coaching ranks a little bit, but I think with him still being a first year, a head coach, if you will, I always find that, that line to be hard if you bring in like a top name assistant, like, I don't know, a, game, a name like James Rego was out there, right? I mean, could you bring in James Rego to be uh, a special assistant for the remainder of the year? I remember when Dan Tony was doing that stuff for the, for the nets. And I think the Sixers for a little while and stuff like that as well, too. Do you see Boston maybe kicking the tires on somebody like that? Or would that, would the power of the, of a name like that be too overwhelming for, for Missoula to some degree on the sidelines? Do you think?
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying though. I see what you're saying, Warren. If it was like, uh, I don't know, someone who was climbing, clamoring to be a head coach again. Mm-hmm. Like if it was, uh, you know, but to me, you could bring in, like, let's say years ago when Memphis brought in Larry Brown, okay? Like, Larry not trying to be a head coach anymore. Gotcha. Larry's, Larry's just trying to give his advice. He's just trying to be on the sideline. Um, James Borrego, maybe, but he's, he's a guy who's, you know, didn't do great in Charlotte. Uh, but could offer some assistance there. Uh, to me, I do think if you hire the person who is kind of clamoring to get back in, then that could be it. But you also have guys, Warren, that just want to be on the sideline again—assistant, head coach, third assistant—they just they they just want they want to back in the life. They want to help.
1: Yeah, you know what, Gary, and you're right though because I've seen a lot of guys humble themselves with that too. I think yeah. of Jaeger as well. Um, You know, he's, you know, he's like second chair. Mike Brown did it for a while. He obviously has done a great job now as as a head coach back again in Sacramento. So I saw a trend a few years ago where a lot of guys were taking that second and third chair with no ego about it one way or another. I just don't, I don't know Missoula well enough to kind of understand It's like, all right, would he feel intimidated by that? Like a a, a Terry Stotts or somebody These are like kind of bigger, you know, really well-established names out there. But yeah, we're just getting your, getting your thoughts on that in general.
0: Yeah. I do think that, I don't think Missoula's looking over his shoulder, but I do think it'd be a little bit arrogant on my, in my opinion, for him to be like, no, we're good. We're not going to hire anybody else. We're going to go with Ben Sullivan, Aaron Miles, Mike Moser, a, a guy who's played college ball and, and is a good rising young assistant, but he's 32, you know, mm-hmm. like these, you, you're dealing with a 30 something staff, like everybody's in their thirties, you know? And um you might need a core. I mean, and Damon at 48, 49 now was kind of the old head on the staff, even though he still look like he can play. Give you give you 15 minutes a game. Um, you know, so I, I would think that if I'm Missoula and I'm Brad Stevens, I am uh, looking at some potential assistant coaches to help out. Like you're trying to win a championship this year. Yep. And so you got to throw and, and, and that means Joe got to throw his ego out the door. If this assistant coach, looking from the out from the outside looking in, can say, "Listen, guys, I've watched your last fifteen games, and this is what I see. Okay, this is what coaches are planning for. This is what, this is what people are saying about you guys. This is what like. Let me add some assistance. I think you got to definitely consider that. And that's the thing about you know this whole thing. The goal, the end game." this championship, not, well, I want to feel secure with my job and I don't want to have anyone, you know, take my – like, no. Like, you got to move forward and figure out if you need another voice. And you lost a key voice. You lost their backcourt coach, their old head, Tatum and those guys. They they knew who he was. And that's important in the NBA, Warren. You know that. These guys want to see somebody – that they're like man i used to play with you in 2k or man my dad used to talk about you <laughs> like, that means a lot in today's nba look at chauncey billups in portland look at some of these guys that are coaching in the league like that credibility means a, a, an awful lot or if you don't have that credibility if you didn't play like a taylor jenkins or uh you know coach in oklahoma city you you get your staff you get someone on your staff who it has coached yeah. and sorry played and been there that th- these guys can look to and say hey like can I talk to you about something I'm going something going on here so who knows and you know what I mean I know she's kind of an assistant uh to the general manager but Allison Feaster's out there why not yeah. why not why not put her on the give her some, she knows the game she pl- she played in WNBA if you want to go that route. I see that. I, I think that'd be great to bring her on and have her. Now she might say, listen, I don't want to be coaching no more. I'll, like, i like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm the like assistant GM kind of thing. I'm just, I'm sitting, I watch, you know, now she might not be interested in that, but I think that that's a, a fantastic idea. If that, you know, if they need another voice and someone who knows the game, but I do think they need another voice.
1: Well, you know, we wish we wish Damon Stoudemire all the best. You know, in in his future endeavors here again, a quality hire uh, by by the University of Georgia Tech. Uh, we sorely missed on the Celtics sidelines, and hopefully Boston can find a way to uh, fill the void, fill the gap, as you alluded to here, Gary. Because yeah, I think there's there's some things missing here. And on the se- other side of this break here, we'll talk about what's been happening with this team um, a little bit, and um, uh, you know, see if there's a way to kind of right the ship here on the other side of this. Here on Believe in Celtics, brought to you by Bet Online. We'll be right back. And on this week's edition of Geno Time here on Believe in Celtics, brought to you by Ben Online, Gary and I are going to discuss the Celtics' recent slide, and I'm going to ask you a very, very simple question, Gary. It's simple. Are the Celtics bored? Is, is that what it is? Are they just bored, or are there some fundamental situations um, and uh, you know chinks in the proverbial armor here that we're seeing? where this team may be not as um, dominant as we once thought they were to begin to year.
0: we I think a combination of both. I think that they're being, I, I just think there's just something about playing teams lesser, you perceive as lesser that it's just, they're just not playing up to the capabilities. Like it's one thing, the Brooklyn thing, you thought, okay, they learned their lesson. You lose to the Knicks. Okay. That was a tough game. Knicks are a good club, um, you know, and then the Cleveland game where they, if they win, you know, they were shorthanded, they he missed a Bradley couple of free, yeah. they missed You know, Grant Wins, missed those free throws. If they hit one of those and the whole narrative is different. That was, a, that, that'd be one of the more quality wins of the season, considering the circumstances. They lose that. They come back and win two in a row. They beat the Blazers up. They, you know, kind of outscored Atlanta, um, though they led you know, like the last three quarters, pretty much, and, and and we're able to win that one. But this game against Houston was just really concerning for me in terms of just their seriousness. It's a typical thing, Warren. You let young teams get this that, that confidence. Like Houston's got a bunch of dudes that are athletic. They can play. They're just young, and they're just they make mistakes. So you got to punch them out quickly. You got to knock them out. You got to put the, you know, sumo hold on them. Like, you can't mm-hmm. keep them in the game. And it was like they jumped out 6 nothing, And then they got enam- enamored with the three. Like, we're just going to take threes. I think they took Warren and they take I think, 14 threes in the first half, quarter. Something to that effect. Like, they're just launching threes. And they, you know, they, they were awful with them. Houston hit the boards. They 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 uh, stayed ahead in the first half. Like they got to the free throw line, I think eighteen times. The Celtics five in the first half. Like I I you know I watched the game whole game. Yeah, they were calling a lot of touch fouls. Like I understand the Celtics' frustration with officiating because a lot of like whatever, a lot of touch fouls were being called that weren't being called on the Celtics side. But this is the Houston Rockets, fifteen win team. Like. Yeah. They do this all the time. Like what I found out, Warren, about bad teams is very few teams are just bad. Most bad teams are good for three plus quarters. Then when the eight, nine minutes left, then they fall apart. As we saw, Houston almost fell apart in the last three minutes, right? Like they almost like if Jalen hits that third free throw, it's a tie game. The whole complexion of the game is different. Yep. The Celtics don't have to foul and all that. Like, it would have been tied up, and it would have been definitely a different tone of the game if Jalen hits that free throw. You know, they turn the ball over, then Jason tries to save it with a behind-the-back pass. Like, instead of just getting the ball and calling timeout when you're falling out of bounds, he does this. He tries to do this, like, uh, you know <laughs> – Tr- dramatic, behind the back. Oh, look, Sports Center play, and what happens? He, he throws it right to, to King and Martin. I mean, it's, it's just like – I think that they're disrespecting the game and they're paying for it, you know? Like J- Jason's trying to shoot too many damn threes to get himself going. Uh, Marcus is in a different stratosphere, right? Marcus is just not – he is back to the three-point launch in Marcus, as we a lot of the Celtic fans remember and don't love. The the guy who at any opportunity chucks a three. And he he was that guy last night and just not making plays, you know, not you know, missing layups or shooting the ball, shooting, thinking he got fouled, so he shoots it. They don't make the call, then he sits and argues about it. Why all the other nine guys go down the court. Um I just think it's a combination of boredom and and you know what it's coaching too. Like Missoula's got like, Missoula's not getting these guys ready. You cannot lose that game against the rock. You can't lose that game. They lost a full game to the bucks in the standings. They'll look back and be like, Whoa, how come we didn't get the number one seed? How come we're playing game seven in Milwaukee? How come we're playing Philadelphia in the second round? Just Just look at the Brooklyn game and look at the Houston game and you'll see why. Like, it's it's it, that was embarrassing, Houston. And then you know, it, you saw Warren. Then what happened? The Rockets in the fourth quarter start making plays. That sequence where an Usman Garuba hit consecutive threes. One, I looked up his numbers, Warren. He's literally a 50 something percent, he doesn't take a lot of threes but he's hit 50% of them. He's a good three-point shooter. I I was like, wait a minute. I've never known this guy. I don't know much about him, but he's a kid from Spain. You know, he played in the Spanish national team, played in the Olympics and all that. He can shoot three. I, I look, I can look now, Warren. He hit two for two. Before last night, let me see here. Check my totals here. He was 21 for 38 from the three. Fifty five percent, lights out. Yeah, so he doesn't take a lot, but he makes damn near sixty percent. Then he made two last night, so I know you got to give up something, but that's not good coaching. If the dude is made fifty five percent, somebody's got to be like, dude we just can't leave him sitting there? And what happened? He hit two in a row. Then Kenya Martin Junior hit one, and you're like, see. Now they're making plays. Yep, You didn't give them the confidence. Now they're starting to hit shots. They had nothing. They still can't stop anybody off the dribble. So Jalen Green was getting to the rim and getting to his spots anytime he wanted. And it's just like Jason was in outer space. And then Jason, I don't know why they gave the last shot to Jason. Jason's going too damn fast and tries to do this. I don't know why he didn't try to dunk it and get a foul. He tries to do this pretty layup. He shoots it too hard. Like, it's just all the things that you see from this team, Warren, comes back, and it's just like, have they learned anything? 72 games in? Sorry, sorry, 69 games in? Like, I don't – it's just, you know, Grant's not playing well. They still haven't filled, fig- figured out, like, do they, do they need – like, they still get killed on the offensive rebounding. Houston killed them on that. Just guys standing in front of the basket. Oh, ball. Okay, let me lay it in. And ones like simple stuff. And it says like Houston didn't play exceptionally well, but they made. But they they played well enough. Yeah. Then in the fourth quarter, when the Celtics are trying to make this valiant comeback, then they start making plays. I thought the key sequence was that those three three pointers. I think in three to four possessions, two by Aruba, uh, Garuba, whatever. And the other one by Kenyon Martin Kenyon Jr. Martin. Yep. And you're scoring. So they scored nine points in what, like a minute 30, and the Celtics were down nine. And it's just like, you know, then they got to make this value comeback. come back. And what happens? Jalen misses the free throw. Jason tries to make this heroic pa- behind-the-back pass, like stuff that just, it's ridiculous. And then Jason misses the layup. And I'm not going to blame him for missing the layup. I just think he was going way too fast trying to get to the rack and he should have probably tried to dunk it or draw the foul instead of doing the pretty, let me avoid you. So I think they're bored, but I also think there's a problem with just motivation and it's, it's getting to the point of just like, you can't count on them. And this is reminds me, Warren, of the Brad Stevens teams a couple of years ago when Brad had no idea what team was going to show up every night, hmm. the 36 and 36 year. Like when he just was like, I have no idea how we're going to play.
1: Well, it's it's funny you mentioned that because as you alluded to that they're thirty six and thirty six. They're basically they're five and five. They're a five hundred team since the All Star break and literally middle in the pack in almost every significant statistical thing you could think about. Offensive rating, decent rating. They're somewhere between thirteenth to seventeenth. So it's like they haven't fallen off a cliff per se. They're not two and two and eight or something like that. But at the end of the day. If you have championship aspirations, this is not how you want to close out the season. And I'm very concerned for them in the aspect of like, yes, Milwaukee got unprecedentedly hot, hotter than they've ever been in the Giannis era, understanding, you know, winning 16 in a row and then whatever it is now, 19 out of 21 or something like that. Like they've been, ridiculous to be able to catch and now surpass Boston, but it doesn't look like the Celtics are going to have much of a chance to maybe even catch them because they're letting things get away from them with, with golden opportunities. And that, as you alluded to, is really frustrating. And I've been talking to you about this pretty much the entirety of the year. I've never been comfortable I've just I've just never been comfortable because you could always kind of see some things like yeah they still have some of those bad habits and then they'd figure out a way and the beginning of the season the shooting was so hot the three point shooting the three ball was going in going in going in and one of our New Year's resolution was like listen maybe get to the cup a little bit more stop shooting as many threes that has not happened at all they're still firing and chucking it away you know with reckless abandon um, now Robert Williams has been in our lineup mostly out here for 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 the good part of this especially since post All Star that's problematic but he's not the magic elixir this is a team issue and i love what you said that i think we've been i don't want to say hard but i think we've been honest about musula and while there's a lot of great things that he's brought to this roster in in his first season there's a lot that needs to be desired i think as a first-year head coach and he can get better and i would expect him to but there's some things here now that are, are are concerning and now how do you Know right the ship, like because the rope has been let go of, and Milwaukee is like, I'm looking at the standings, I'm like, Well, damn, you better be careful because Philly's playing great basketball.
0: You could be the third, yeah, yeah, you could drop from one to three, maybe play the Knicks in the first round, which would be, and I'm sure the Knicks are like, No, the Knicks aren't scared of Boston at all. (laughs) You you know, you want to be out in the first round, I mean, they have games now left in the schedule were at Milwaukee and at Philadelphia. Like you got to win one of those joints. Yep. And Milwaukee, like the thing about Milwaukee, they have a damn personality. You know who they are. They're going to play the same way. Win or lose. They are who they are. The Celtics do not have that personality where it's like, we're going to lose or win playing our type of game. I watched that game in the second half against Sacramento. Like they, they, Sacramento took all their shots, jumped up by 11 points, home crowd, the beam is booming or whatever you say, it's beaming in Sacramento, all that, good club now. Sacramento's a number two seed yep. um, or number two or three with them in Memphis. So quality team, uh, and obviously Giannis went nuts at 47, 46 points, whatever, but like the Bucks played the same way. They weren't wavered. They weren't frazzled. They didn't go outside their box. They played the same way. They gutted out a win. Now, let's see what happens, you know, on the next. Like, they got Phoenix tonight on a back-to-back. Are they going to have the, the same enthusiasm? You know, a, a Suns win would definitely help the Celtics. But the Celtics got to develop a personality, Warren. And it's not, let's shoot our way out of uh, this game, out of it with threes. Like, they're just getting, like, you know, Hauser was awful last night. He had won, like. Everybody's trying to take threes. It looks good when they go in, but Tatum is just completely taking himself out of games. One for nine. Like, stop shooting, Jason, <laughs> unless you're open. Quit trying to be pretty. That's that Kobe stuff. He's still the, the Kobeitis he used to have. And Jace, Jalen carried him, but it's just like, you know, and Brogdon is always good, but not a good night from Derek White. Um, Marcus was just like a bull in a china shop and and I said, every time he gets, every time he sees an open three now, like uh, let me take it, I gotta take it like, no Marcus, you don't have to take the the three, you don't have to always take the open three, that's what they want you to do and that's the thing that unfortunately, you, you think that he's learned over his career but he hasn't I mean, he's at You know, he's at 30, you know, we all know Marcus. Marcus is at 33.7% from the three-point line this year. Last year he was 33.1. The year before that, 33.0. Like, he's a 33% in a career, 32.3. That's the guy you let shoot threes if you're the opposing team. So Marcus just obliges and makes it easy on defenses. And I love his brashness. I love his braveness. I love his ability desire to make the big play. But there's there's just something that isn't right uh, going on, and you know, like in March, I'm looking at his numbers in March, the seven games since he's been back, 32 for nine percent from the field. Like he's he's not making shots, um, and it's it's just you know I don't know what what they can do, um, you know, he he's just not. He's just not doing it. 10 games since the, um, the you know post all star, 36% from the field, 35% from three. I mean, it's just, it's not, you know, 27 turnovers in 10 games, um, compared to 36 assists. That's the stat Warren. 3.6 huh. assists per game, the 2.7 turnovers. Oh boy. You do not want a, a 4 to 3 assist to turnover ratio or 3 to 2 assist that's not good. You know, if you look at the first 42 games Warren, 300 assists, 99 turnovers. Wow. So, that's 3 to 1. That's good.
1: Yeah, that's three, where you want to be. That's the sweet yeah, spot, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, 3 to 1 is good. The last 10, 36 to 27. That's not good. That's that's close to one to one. No, you need three to one. So it, it, it's just I don't know if they he needs to rest. I I don't know if they need uh. to put Malcolm and Malcolm and Derek in in the fourth quarter down the stretch. Uh, do you trust him to make the big play? Is he gonna make? Is he gonna chuck a three? I mean that. I, mean, I don't know if you you, you watched the whole Cleveland game. But Marcus chucked a really early shot. Clock. I think they had a chance to really uh, get the game. I think they were uh, it was a tie game, or I think they were down one. And and Marcus had the ball and chucked the early shot clock three in like the last minute. And brick, you know what I'm saying? It just puts you at disadvantage. And Marcus is now getting a lot of fouls. He's back to you know. Yeah, he is. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, as much as you know. I think everybody loves his fire and fiery style. He's got the ejection in Atlanta. Um you know, he he fouled out against the Rockets. Uh he had four against Portland. Uh he had he fouled out against the Knicks. Like he is, he is just not, you know, I'm looking at his numbers, like just it's it's just not good ball, Warren. It's just not good ball.
1: It, and I said, as you alluded to Gary, it's, it's, it's tough to watch. I think, you know, holistically because there doesn't seem to be somebody who can kind of just get them, you know, get them in line, even when Horford plays well, like they're still losing some of those games and it's tough. So trying to figure out what it is, 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 is it, is it the veteran president's presence, presence that's, that's needed? Is is it Missoula needing to step up in a way that, you know, maybe he hasn't figured out how to do just yet? Um, is it, again, they still have the the roster spot and I've been trying to figure out like, you know, the minutes have been so dramatic, um, for both Tatum and Brown specifically, and even now, even Smart to some degrees, like all right, well, can you take some pressure off of those guys to, to kind of save them? Because I feel like you're you're going to wear them out <laughs> as you as as you were trying to you know get sixty wins or whatever, win the number one seed. Now these things, um, it's it's going left. It's not going the right way that you want to. So not that you you're not trying to put it in. Um, you're not trying to downshift, so to speak, but you got to figure out a way to play smarter and then get them some, some rest so that they can be fresher and make smarter and better plays all across the board. Marcus Smart, Tatum Brown, the, the entire nine. Um, is there, any, I mean, and again, we, we we know what it is. Not many buyout or off the street guys are helpful, but can is there anybody that you can think of that could maybe eat some minutes and be helpful, at least for the regular season, um, to maybe take some of that pressure off of them in any capacity or is that ship already sailed?
0: Yeah. I mean, as, more, as much as I'd love to get Celtics fans hopes up that a fresh body could be coming in. It just seems like they're not interested. Yeah. And you know, there there's the Dwight Howard's, the Marcus cousins. I mean, there's guys that are out there. LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, the three names we've talked about, you know, you want Hassan Whiteside, like, and I don't. And I'm not ripping these guys like, oh, they'd be terrible. It's just that, I, you know, the Celtics are so cautious about their system. What annoyed me, or not annoyed, but just is this strange, was like Nerlens Noel was out there, and the Brooklyn Nets pick him up, and he's playing. He started for him. Hmm. Like you don't need no. You don't need a big man to score. Eat up some minutes. Block a shot. Get a damn offensive rebound. You know Moses Brown, the, the guy who was a Celtic for like 15 minutes, yeah. the guy who I saw had 19 rebounds in the first half against the Celtics when he was in Oklahoma City. He got he just um, got waved
1: again by the Knicks
0: by the Knicks from his two way. Now I don't know if he'd be eligible for the playoffs. I don't know the ruling about if a guy is waived and then signed to a two way and then if he's could he is he playoff eligible. Um, I'm not sure about all those rules, but he's a fresh young body that you can throw in there. Like, you know, but it's like, there's a stubbornness of like, well, we want them to be real. Like you, okay. Like you want to run Blake out there all the time. You want to run Cornette. You're getting killed on the offensive boards. You need a body active that can, and then show one who can show some enthusiasm you know, Warren, the quote that, really moved me. And I don't know if you saw all the quotes from last night was Jalen. Like we got to cheer for each other more. And I even saw it during the telecast, like mm-hmm. guys aren't on the bench cheering each other on guys aren't clapping guys are sitting there. Like it's a, 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 a opera, you know, they're just sitting there. They're not, there's no enthusiasm. There's no guys on the bench. Just, Hey, come on. You know, there's not those guys. guys are just sitting, they're just sitting there watching the game. They're not cheering each other on. Am I saying, "Oh, this is a disjointed team and they're not getting along"? It's just I don't know what's going on. It's like, are y'all just really that anxious for the playoffs? You want that? You want Miami coming in? Miami ready to play, y'all. Miami. Beat-
1: they don't. They don't want to see that. I'm, yeah. I I I guarantee you. That. Not that Boston has any reason to be fearful, but that is a that is a crap matchup that is going to drain the the living daylights out
0: exactly. of you exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't taking Jimmy out, Jimmy and the boys out in the sweep. No. Nope. You want Miami coming in? You, you ready you that ready that you, you, you ready a month early for the playoffs or do you, you know what I mean? It's like, what's going on here with their mentality, with their approach. I don't know, Warren. Like it's, it, it's, I, it's hard to figure out. Cause they said, well, you know, we let the, you know, other team take it to us and we didn't have any the energy. Well, why not? Yeah, <laughs> you got a day off okay like what is it about oh we're just playing the Rockets like you guys are not that good to be looking down on anybody that's a real arrogance that's a real problem you don't look down to your damn opponents the end they're pros too all yeah. them dudes is damn lottery picks Kevin or first rounder Kevin Porter Jalen Green Jabari Smith Jabari third overall yep. pick Kenya Martin Jr. is a rising player. They ain't got no. They ain't playing scrubs. Houston's playing just a bunch of young dudes who don't know how to play together yet. Right?
1: Just I Sean, love what you said though. Though, like they got to figure out a way to to better respect the game in general. So yeah, well it's,
0: it's disrespect to the game. you like right. the Brooklyn game, throwing balls off the backboard, trying to play this and one mixtape stuff. Tatum trying to take on five guys. They thought they thought Brooklyn was done. And as we've seen, the Nets figured something out. Yeah. Now they're now they're 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 not going to be an easy first round knockout. Now I'm sure some teams would rather play them because they don't have a quote unquote star. Star. Yep. But they're playing like six dude five dudes that are six eight, <laughs> and, and and that's how they're stopping people. I watched them. I saw them play the damn Nuggets the other night. I mean, they shut down not shut them down, but like they were blitzing Jokic. Like they won that game, right? So at Denver, Denver one of the best home records in the league. So like to me, the Celtics have to figure out what is what they want. How much, how much do you really want this? That whole we're ready for the playoffs thing, that's I mean, I said, you want the Knicks or you want the Heat? You're not you're not gonna get you're not getting the Bulls or you're not getting, you know, it's like the 10th seed ain't going to win the play-in, man. Yeah. You're going to get Miami. If you're the second seed, you're going to get Miami or New York. You might be lucky enough to get Atlanta, but you're going to get a team that's like, man, we ain't scared of them fools. We're going to ride in the garden and get, take game one. You think Jimmy Butler's scared of the Celtics? You think Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero are scared yeah, of the trust
1: me. I, I live in the but, South Florida area. They want, they they want nothing know. more. They want nothing more. They actually probably want that matchup. Miami
0: is like, just wait to the playoffs. Just let us in with now. I'm sure Miami don't want to do the play in thing. They don't want to have to play, you know, Atlanta at home. One they don't want to do that. But it looks like they're gonna have to because you know, I don't know if they're gonna catch the Knicks in the sixth seed. But like Miami's Miami's for like fully healthy, we can take out anybody especially Boston,
1: especially. Uh, especially, I love what you said Boston. there.
0: Boston. <laughs> so. so
1: as, as Boston now, more or less is uh, on this um, there, I would their, I believe their final West Coast trip of, of the year, uh, Minnesota, Portland, Utah, Sacramento, Jesus, all coming up. Uh, it's going to be a rough go here for, for Boston. And, you know, these are all teams they can beat, but nothing, mm-hmm. as we continue to say, is going to become easy for them. Minnesota is trying to get out of their playing situation. You know, in the Western Conference, Portland is still fighting for a playing situation. Utah, same exact thing. And Sacramento Kings, on a back-to-back best back-to-back offensive too. league.
0: Utah, second, on a Utah on a back-to-back. So right, you, frightening. <laughs> yeah, no Horford. If you would think, no Horford. And, you know, who else is going to rest that game? So you're not going to have a full – doubtfully, Robert will be back. So – you're going to be shorthanded against Kessler and Markin. uh so yeah like there ain't no e- they lost the easiest game of the trip
1: yep 1, like, 1 you, know,
0: like you you had to be 2 and 0 going into Minnesota Minnesota's such a tricky team you just now now with Mike Conley kind of settling things down go bear like you got guys i mean you know what i'm saying the ant man like Minnesota could could win that game by 15 points Minnesota so unpredictable, or well, they could lose game by 15 points. You don't know about the Timberwolves. Yeah, no. but you wanted to be Warren two and o going to that. You wanted to end this trip five or one, five and one or four and two. You wanted to be maybe four and one going in the sack. The yep. sack's gonna be a war. Yep. Okay. You try to think. Okay, I think they're good enough to win at Portland. Utah in the back to back tricky, uh, and then sack. With two days off, so everybody's in on sack. So they'll have full, they might even have Robert Williams for sack. But I think they felt like we should be four and one going into sack. Now that would take three consecutive wins. This team, I don't know if they're capable of that right now.
1: It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. slaying for the Boston Celtics here, who still sits sit in, in the in the Eastern Conference, but again, it's basically all the work they did in the beginning of the year, as things have been, you know, very, very tricky. As as Gary said here, to uh, for, especially since post All Star, five hundred basketball team middle of the pack and every basically statistic out there still firing a bunch of threes, um, you know, some injuries here and there, knickknacking injuries. Uh, We'll see what ends up happening. You know, I'm a little concerned about the stubbornness as you alluded to to maybe even add a 10-day guy to just eat up some minutes here. Uh, But at the end of the day, they're going to do what they're going to do and hopefully they can turn this West Coast trip around here after a terrible loss, you know, against the Houston Rockets. Uh, Gary and I will be back here, you know, at some point in the next week or two to kind of see how this West Coast trip finishes up. Um, You know, that's all we'll, we'll, we'll discuss here on Believe in Celtics. Not to leave you all on a sour note, but we're not going to sugarcoat. It's been it's, has been amazing. So we're going to tell the truth here on Believe in Celtics. Um, but that'll do it here. He is a great Gary Washburn. Again, make sure you're following him on Twitter at GWashburnGlobe. Follow me at Shaw Sports NBA. And that's it, y'all. We'll catch you next time here at Believe in Celtics. been on live. Peace out.